resolutions are to become the youngest heavyweight champion in history. That's nothing new to my fans. They all know that I will be the next heavyweight champion. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Victory Formation. I'm your host, Chris Dilworth. Today, we're breaking down the NFL draft. Who had the best? Who had the worst? We're breaking down the 49ers draft. I'm an attorney. I love football. I love all sports, but especially football. I am a amateur scout. So I'll be giving you my analysis on what I thought of this weekend. But before we get to that, what a weekend it was, right? We had Avengers Endgame. We had the Battle of Winterfell. We had NBA playoffs. We had the NFL draft. I mean, it really doesn't get much better than that. If you were a person that died after this weekend, like you had, it's okay. Like, you're happy. Like, it's all right. I can die now. This was an amazing weekend. I got to experience all these great things. I won't throw out any spoilers for Endgame, but I Love You 3000 had the tears flowing. Uh, I mean, onions were being chopped up somewhere in my area. Uh, that That was tough. But a very, very good movie. Very good movie. The Battle of Winterfell, I mean, that was just amazing, right? Arya is the GOAT. And I don't care about spoilers for Game of Thrones because we all watch it at the same time. We watch it as a family. The only thing that sort of left a bad taste in my mouth is the fact that the whole arc, the whole Night King arc seemed a little undercooked, because you're building it up for seven seasons, and then that's it. That's it. We don't find out what the motivation was, who... I don't know. I just wanted to know a little bit more about them. But I get it, though. That It's turning more to a casual sort of direction as opposed to like the hardcore book reader direction. And I don't have an issue with that. All in all, it was still amazing, and... I mean, you you just can't beat it. It was like a movie. It was 122 minutes long, and it's basically a a feature film. So no complaints here. I watched it again the other day. Let's talk NFL draft. So the Niners, with their first pick, selected Nick Bosa. Everybody knows he's a really, really great player. I think he transforms the 49ers defense this year. Now that they have Nick Bosa, D4, DeForest Buckner, that's a 1-2-3 punch that most teams will not be able to withstand. Not a full game. Then you also have Armstead and Solomon Thomas. And I think Solomon Thomas is going to have a, a breakout year this year. He'll finally be playing on the inside. Uh, as opposed to playing on the edge. Previously, he was playing as a defensive end, as the big end on rundowns. He's not a he's not a defensive end. He doesn't have any sort of bend. But when you put him on the interior, he becomes a menace. Johnny Dell, who is a 
49ers fan on YouTube broke down some of the better plays and more promising plays from Solomon Thomas from last year when he was played on the inside. And I think that's going to translate because now he won't be getting double teamed. Who do you double team? I mean, you have D Ford. He's fast. Can you double team him? If you double team him, you free up DeForest Buckner. If you double Buckner, you free up Bosa. You just got to pick your poison. And so the offensive, the defensive line is going to be able to do a lot of different things. And if they get creative with personnel and stunts, uh, there won't be many teams that will be able to keep these pass rushers at bay. So it's very, very promising. And I think that this this defense has the possibility of being a top ten defense this season, and they were they were a decent they weren't okay coverage wise was awful last season, but one of the issues was there was no pass rush right, so if you aren't able to get to the quarterback or pressure the quarterback or get him off his spot, then. Your DBs are covering for an extra second or two, and that allows wide receivers to get open, which then translates into yards and points. So if you cut down the amount of time that quarterbacks are able to scramble or uh, the time that they're able to throw and you keep them uncomfortable in the pocket, that's going to be more turnovers, uh, more turnovers on downs. So it's going to be a little bit of a snowball effect, and I think this defense will be much improved. Witherspoon is a lot better than I think people give him credit for. He's just he's kind of like Greedy Williams in the sense that he's more of a finesse guy. He's not he doesn't really like to come up and hit and get physical, but he can cover and I think he'll be fine. Richard Sherman is Richard Sherman. And we got a lot of young guys back there, so I see why the front office didn't draft um a DB early. Because they did draft guys last season or last offseason and you have to, you know, get rid of them or underdevelop them when you've spent high draft uh, capital on them. So the best thing to do is to allow them to develop now that we have a pass rush and see what they can do. So the Bosa pick was was it was expected. Um, he's a good player. He's kind of like Khalil Mack in a sense. Um, he he can convert speed to power. He's good against the run. He's good against the pass. So I think him with D Fort, they transformed his defense. No, the Niners' second round pick, pick number thirty six, Debo Samuel. This is my guy right here. Debo is a monster. Debo reminds me of. He's basically a clone of Pierre Garçon, just a little slower. And then he also is Steve Smith in terms of the the dog he has in him, right? He is that dog. And he kind of reminds me of Heinz Ward because of that nastiness, right? He don't he's built like a running back. He's really tough, he's really strong, and he's he's not a guy that uh DBs want to tackle. He's going to take your head off in the run game. Like he's this really strong, really stout kid at 5'11", 215. 
that's a that's a that's a tough build to bring down as a wide receiver. Then they can also break away on slant routes. I think I the stat was that he averaged 31 yards per catch on slant routes. I mean, that's just that's insane. And so he really fits well into this defense because this offense, because he was one of the better route runners in this draft. And if you watch senior bowl practices, he was mixing people up out there. He had dudes on skates. Rocky Sin was toast. Nobody could guard Debo the entire senior bowl. And that really elevated his draft stock uh, because guys went back and looked at his tape and the kid can play. I mean, he's he lit up Clemson for 10 catches and 210 yards, I think it was, and three touchdowns. I mean, he lit that was one that was the best defense in college football this year, I believe. So I really love the Debo pick. He's going to do big things. He's going to be an outside receiver. For some reason, you got a lot of people thinking he's a slot, a primary slot guy. He's not that at all. He played mostly on the outside. At the Senior Bowl, he played on the outside. And if you recall, Cal Shanahan coached him at the Senior Bowl and had him playing on the outside. So I don't see him, you know, being a slot guy. He's going to play on the outside. I mean, he'll probably move around because... Shanahan moves the guys around a lot, but he's going to take Pierre Garçon's spot. He slides right in there and gives you what Pierre was unable to give you. So I really love that pick. The next pick, Jalen Hurd. Now, this has been a controversial pick, but I really, really, really like Jalen Hurd. I I didn't really study him uh, prior to the draft, but afterward... I didn't I didn't love the pick at first, and I still don't like it in the third round. But if you look at what he his athleticism and what he's able to do on the field, I'm hopeful that this guy is going to do some big things because um, I was reading up on him. He runs a four four forty, a three eight or three nine short shuttle. Uh, I guess his three cone is really good too. He squatted five hundred pounds. And he's 6'5", 225, or 6'4", 225. You, that's rare. You don't find that at all. Um, so to be that size and have that kind of athleticism, playing receiver in Kyle Shanahan's offense, has the potential to really do some great things. And if you saw his route running, he can sink his hips. He, his short area quickness is outstanding. There was a couple, Eric Crocker did a thread, I think it was a couple days ago, and it showed some of his really nice route running, him doing that that speed out that Kyle Shanahan likes a lot. And he, I mean, he runs that route very, very nicely. And it's encouraging to see that because if he, he can copy that in the NFL, there's not many things teams are going to be able to do to stop him. And I think that he is going to slide right into that big slot role very nicely. And that's something that the NFL is going toward more. And something that Cal Shanahan did a lot with Julio when he was in Atlanta. Played him in that slot role. So I think that 
Jalen Hurd is going to be that X factor. If he's able to come in and turn into something, Kyle can develop can develop him with him, Debo, Pettis, Goodwin. And that's a pretty good um, a pretty good corpse of wideouts. So I think that he's got a shot to be a really good player here. The fourth round pick, the punter. Oh. Mitch, Mitch Wisnowski. He drafted a punter in the fourth round. I don't really know what to say about that man. I mean, why did you draft a punter in the fourth round? Why? And it was early in the fourth round too. We had like the second pick in the fourth round. At that pick, you got guys who didn't get drafted in the third falling down the board. I really wanted Armani Owarie, or whatever. That's who I wanted, the DB from Penn State. Dude is a baller, right? But they, they picked the punter. Supposedly, well, not supposedly. I looked up his stats at the combine. He ran a 4 6 So he's, he's fast, but I don't really know if you, who cares about the speed of a punter unless we're going to be doing punt fakes. I don't know, um, but I mean, I, I guess if he's going to be the punter for the next 10 years, it's fine, but geez, a punter in the fourth round? Come on, man. Then we get Caden Smith, which the Stanford connection, they were looking at tight ends. They needed someone to replace Garrett Selleck, so you knew that this was going to happen. I think he slides right into the number two tight end position. He really works the seams well. He's a decent blocker. He's strong, big. He'll be able to get those contested catches, and uh, I think he'll be sort of one of those red red zone guys that you can throw those 50-50 balls up to. So we can say goodbye to Ross Dwelly and Cole Wick and Garrett Selleck uh, because Caden's going to be our tight end number two this season. Then we drafted Dre Greenlaw, who he's, from what I've read, I didn't study the guy, but from what I've read, he's a good coverage linebacker, runs a 4-5-3. Um, but what I like most about this pick was after the pick, some guy tweeted out a story about how Dre saved his daughter from being assaulted at a party. Some guy slipped something in her drink. Dre saw it, and I guess he stopped the guy from leaving or leaving with her. He was like t- trying to take her with him. He stopped the guy. And they never seen the guy again, never heard from him, never saw him on campus. So, I mean, he could have saved that girl's life because, I mean, you got guys who are putting these date rape drugs into women's drinks and then, you know, murdering them or anything could put them into um, sex trafficking. So that was a really good story. He's a high character guy. You always love to see that. And he's somebody that's deserving. So I'm happy that his dream was able to come true because uh, it seems like he's a really good guy. He also spent a lot of time 
and foster homes as a child. And those are really, really tough. If you don't know anything about foster homes, that's not a good situation to um, come up in. Um, so I, I like the Dre Greenlaw pick, but there were other guys on the board like Mac Wilson. But it's interesting because our linebackers coach went to Bama and has connections with guys there and did not, and they still didn't draft Mac Wilson. You'd think that they, with that connection, they'd focus a little bit more on that. Maybe they've got some inside information on him. Maybe they don't want to go back to the Alabama well after Reuben Foster. So it's a little odd there. Blake Cashman was still on the board, who is a guy that, uh, I guess he tested in the 90, 94th percentile as a linebacker at the combine. Super athletic. I would have loved to have gotten him. Um, but that's water on the bridge now. Dre Greenlaw, I think he is, he could be a good, a solid backup, good, good in coverage. Um, but more, mostly going to be a special teams guy. Then we drafted Justin School, Schoolay, 6'7", right tackle from Vanderbilt, 40 career starts. So he's got experience. Um, another guy I had no clue about. Didn't even know his name. But it looks like he's got good experience and he's got some athleticism. So maybe he can compete for the swing tackle spot. Uh, develop him a little bit. Maybe he can play a little inside uh, because we definitely need interior O-line help. So we'll see about him. But my favorite pick of day three was Tim Harris, cornerback from Virginia. This dude is a beast. Uh, the only issue with Tim is that he's had a ton of injuries. I think he was on his uh, uh, red shirt, sixth year as a red shirt. So he's had a ton of injuries over his time at UVA, and that's always concerning. But, I mean, he was a highly recruited kid, a very good player. Uh, I think he had an 87.3 PFF grade in coverage this past season. So he's a good player. He's got a great size, 6'2", 200 pounds, runs a 4'4", Very athletic, and he can play. I don't think that they wanted to draft anyone too early who they'd have to give a lot of time to. And Tim, with his injuries, you take a guy like that, you let him play on the practice squad or whatever it might be, and just give him some time to develop and acclimate his body to the NFL game. Maybe he can get a couple healthy seasons under his belt and then challenge for a spot later on down the line because he's got the ability but I think the, that they want to do a little bit more evaluation on the guys we have now with, you know, Witherspoon, DJ Reed, Traverius Moore. And they should probably move more to free safety because that's his natural position. I don't know why they keep drafting guys to play them in a position that they are not used to. If a guy's played free safety his whole life, Leave him there. Don't have him change his position in the NFL because they haven't played there. There's muscle memory. There's things that need to be learned, and it takes more than one season to make that switch for most people. 
So I'd like to see Moore play free safety, see what he can do there, allow him to play his natural spot because he's a very rangy guy. And, I mean, all we have now is Ward, and he's he's an injury away from, you know, being out for the season. And I think he's, what, missed most of the season, his last four seasons, he's had a season-ending injury. So can't really count on him. All in all, though, I think that I think it was a good draft. Um, I love the first three picks. I think the offense is going to do really well. After that, I mean, those guys might not even make the team. Who knows? Uh, but I think it was a good draft. And I think that the front office has a lot of confidence in the secondary, more so than the fans did, because I really thought that they would – focus a little bit more on coverage because that's really important. Even after you draft a Nick Bosa and you get D Ford and you've secured your pass rush, you can never have too many coverage defenders. It's like um, paper towels, right? You can never have too many paper towels, ever. You can never have too many good defensive backs, especially the way people are playing now with 11 personnel. You've got Cliff Kingsbury in our division who said he wants to play a lot more five wide, which probably means they're going to have four receivers and then uh, a running back lined up as a receiver, DJ, because he's very, very good at playing receiver. Um, so you want to you want to have a bunch of guys that can cover. And to be honest, the way you do that, you play cover one. You get a bunch of guys who are playing man, and you rush the passer, right? Make the quarterback make a bad decision. But then you have a guy like Kyler Murray, and when you play man defense like that, quarterback can take off. So we'll see how it goes, but I really think that they should have focused a little bit more on the secondary and improving that. But I think that the pass rush does improve the secondary, and this defense is going to be tough, man. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be easy for teams anymore. You got D Ford and Nick Bosa coming off the edge. I mean, they just added two top-tier pass rushers in the offseason. We had no pass rush last. We had Cassius Marsh, right? I mean, I, I could have done a better job rushing quarterbacks, right? So D Ford, Nick Bosa, this defense is going to be pretty tough. So I thought they did a good job. Some other teams I thought did a really good job. The Cardinals killed it. They had an amazing draft. They got Murray, who's a beast. I I love Kyler Murray. I think he's gonna be he's gonna light the league up. I mean, he didn't lose a single game in high school. This is in Texas, in 5A, their toughest division. He didn't lose a single game. He won three straight, was it three straight championships? And I think his senior year, he ran for 1,500 and threw for 4,500 and had like 60 touchdowns. Something crazy. I I have the stats somewhere, but I don't have them right now. But the kid's always been a winner. Always. So you bank on that. And then he's drafted ninth in the baseball draft. In Major League Baseball, 
he's athletic. He's a, he's just he's special. He's something different. You haven't seen this a lot. And I think the Cardinals made the right move. I love Josh Rosen, though. I love him. I think he's going to do great. But I do think Kyler Murray is on a different level than a lot of these guys, and he's going to instantly be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. A lot of people don't like him, and it's all because he's small. But if Kyler Murray was two inches taller, he he they'd call him a generational quarterback. Because, and you know, it's all about height, right? He's too short to play quarterback, blah, blah, blah. He's not. He's he's about to light the league on fire. Um, then they got Byron Murphy. Uh, they got Hakeem Butler in the fourth round. I mean, come on, man. Uh, Zach Allen, who's another good guy coming off the edge, can probably place uh, probably better on the inside. But I mean, they got a good squad. Then they got Deontay Thompson in the fifth round. I mean, I was hoping to get Deontay Thompson. He fell all the way to the fifth round. This kid was in mock drafts during the first few weeks of the season. Deontay Thompson was a top 15 player. Like, he was being mocked in the first round, in the top 15 picks, even some in the top 10. So that's a that's a mighty long fall for him, and the Cardinals got really good value there. My favorite draft, though, was the Washington Redskins. They, I mean, they killed it. First of all, they faked, they gave, they faked out the Giants. They had the Giants believing that they wanted Daniel Jones. <laughs> the Giants believed they wanted Daniel Jones, right? They planted all these stories that there's discord between the front office and management and all this. And so it looked like they didn't know what they were doing. And then the story comes out that they want Daniel Jones, right? And so the Giants are like, oh, man, we can't. We got to get our guy. So they draft Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones at six. Josh Allen was still on the board. Ed Oliver was still on the board. I mean, listen, I swear to God, I would be a better GM than Dave Gettleman. He's awful. He's awful. I mean, he's awful. I don't... How is he How is he not fired? Daniel Jones at six? When Josh Allen and Ed Oliver are staring at you? You gotta be kidding me, right? And then... And then... The Redskins come back and get Montez Sweat at, what, 22? I mean, they just knocked it out of the park. And then they added Terry McLaurin, Dwayne Haskins' teammate from Ohio State, who's a very good wide receiver, had a very good senior ball. Was it senior ball? Um, or post-draft process. Good, great combine and looked really good at Dwayne Haskins' pro day. And then they drafted Wes Martin, who's an IU guy. Go Hoosiers. I think he put up like 40-something um Bench press reps at his pro day. I guess he's supposedly he's one of the strongest guys in the draft. Um, and he's pretty good. And then their best pick. I mean, the NFL is crazy. Kelvin Harmon fell to the sixth round. I thought he was a top 10 guy. Very good receiver. 
He's not fast, but he's strong. He can run routes. I thought he was better than Nikhil Harry, to be honest with you. Uh, he got better separation than Nikhil did. Uh, and then they got him in the sixth round. That is a steal. I mean, that is a... That, that's highway robbery. I really, really like their... I mean, they, they hit everything in this draft. So, I don't know who's in charge, but... They need to let that person continue doing their thing because they had a hell of a draft. I really like what the Redskins did. Another of my favorites was the New York Jets. They got Quinnen Williams and Ja'Kai Polite. I mean, come on. Ja'Kai Polite had a top five pass rush productivity grade from PFF this year. And then Quinnen Williams was the highest graded player in all of college football with a 96 from PFF. And, I mean, Quentin Williams was the best player in the draft for my money. He is incredible. You, He is, he's unstoppable. Every time you watch him, any play, he's fucking everything up. He Double team, easy. Not a problem. He can beat it. Uh, triple team, sometimes he can beat that too. You just can't stop him. He is the most dominant player I've ever watched on film. I haven't seen a guy who's this dominant on the D-line ever. He is that good, and he's going to transform that entire defense. And then you add Ja'Kai Polite on top of that in the third round? Okay. All right, Jets. I like like what you're doing. I like what you did. That's not bad at all. And, I mean, you give a good young quarterback like Sam Darnold a defense— Look for them to move up. Look for them to make some noise uh, in the AFC East this year. And the Bills, too. The AFC East is going to be tough because the Bills, Ed Oliver filled a nine. Ed Oliver's top five player in this draft. And how he filled a nine, I don't know. But he's going to dominate in the NFL. He was played out of position at Houston this year, playing nose, playing zero. Zero tech means you line up head over the center, head up over the center, right? Uh, that's usually a fat guy roll, 330 pounds. You're just a space eater. So they had him playing out of position. He should have been playing three tech over the outside shoulder of the guard. They didn't have him doing that. The Bills are going to have him doing that, and the Bills are probably going to have the number one defense this year. Uh, I think they had the number two football outsiders defense last year, so... They're gonna they're gonna be really, really good. I mean, the Patriots. Listen, I know we say every year. I don't know if the Patriots are gonna be able to do it this year, but for real, this year, look, these these defenses in the AFC East, they're coming, they're coming, they got something. I I, I mean the Jets. I mean, all right, just just watch it. Oh, my other favorite draft, the Ravens. Okay, the Ravens. Got Marquise Brown, who's just a, he's insane. Miles Boykin, my favorite receiver in the draft. I had him as a top three receiver in the draft. I wrote an article uh, about him on Fansided. You can look that up. He is a beast. The most athletic, he's a three sigma athlete. 99.9, the hundredth percentile, right? He is an athletic god. 
And any coach worth his salt will be able to use that. So you get him and you get Mar Marquise Brown, who's the best deep ball receiver in the draft. Man, Lamar has some weapons. And I think that the Ravens offense, with putting these two guys um, as their weapons at receiver, they're going to make some noise. They're going to be explosive um, because they have that run game. And then you play off that run game with these deep shot pat shot plays. Look, Marquise is going to have some fun because you, the dude runs like a four flat 40. I mean, you're not going to be able to keep up with him. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that Ravens offense and seeing how they utilize these guys and what kind of roles they put them into, how creative they get with them and how they play off the run game with these guys. It's going to be really interesting. They also got Justice Hill, who I think was the fastest running back at the draft. The Ravens basically said, listen, we're going speed and power. Power run game, speed in the pass game. And, I mean, they're going to light some things up. That, that division is going to be tough because you got the Steelers and you got the Browns. Who's – I mean, the, the Browns got Greedy Williams, who should have been drafted in the first round. I don't see – how anyone's going to stop the Browns. I mean, Odell, Jarvis Landry. What do you do? What do you do? David Njoku, what do you do? Nick Chubb, what do you do? Nick Hunt, uh, Nick Hunt. <laughs> Kareem Hunt, what do you do? That team is going to be disgusting. That defense is disgusting. That division is going to be crazy. But I do think that the Browns and the Ravens are going to be the top two teams in that division this year. I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers. Um, they've had too much turmoil. They lose two basically Hall of Fame guys. Mm, kind of tough, right? The worst draft, I mean, the Giants. No one, no one was as bad as the Giants. Jesus. The Giants were awful. I mean, Daniel Jones at six? And then you come up, you come back and take a defensive tackle at 17, right? A defensive tackle. When last year you traded Snacks Harrison for a fifth round pick and then you draft his replacement at 17? Hmm. That really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I wish shot I, I don't know I don't know what the Giants are doing. I mean Montez Sweat was sitting there, edge defender. They have no edge rush whatsoever. So if anybody knows what they're doing, what the Giants are doing, please let me know. I'd really like to know what they're doing with this team. Then they get DeAndre Baker. Good player. Good player. But you move back in the first round to do that when you could have probably got the guy in the second? All right. So those are my best and worst drafts of the weekend. I really didn't like what the Giants did. I didn't love the Colts either. Um, they reached for a lot of guys. But... We'll see what happens. Um, Cardinals, Bills, Redskins, Jets, 
Ravens, Browns, all did really well. Jags, too. They got Josh Allen, Jawan Taylor. Um, so, that's it for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, hit me up on Twitter. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Let me know what you thought about your team's drafts. How you felt they did. Who were your favorite. And who were your least favorites. Alright. You guys have a good one. Till next time.